This podcast is brought to you by our patrons. To help support the show, visit patreon.com slash haveadrinkshow. This is your beer, liquor, and other beverage news for the week of June 29th, 2019. Supreme Court tells Tennessee to eat crow and drink total wine. ABM Bev's got you, babe. Heaven Hills Bottled and Bond is back with a new price tag. And would you like a can of Aquafina? No. All this and more on Have a Drink News. Welcome to Have a Drink News, the show where we cover the week's popular news about what you drink. I'm Brittany Lee Walker. I'm Justin Fraser, And I'm Christopher Walker. Yes. Yeah. Nothing weird just happened. So let's start talking about the first story. <laughs> yeah. Uh, coming from Brewbound, uh, U.S. Supreme Court strikes down Tennessee residency requirement. You know, when we started doing news for this, I never thought we'd be covering Supreme Court cases. Yeah, really. I mean, this is the second I- one. Uh, or is this a follow-up to the same first one? I think it's follow-up mm. to the same original. That said, I'm so excited, too. I'm like, oh, good. I like Supreme Court rulings. Yeah, we... <laughs> but, I, but I'm a nerd. Yeah, we touched on this, was it last year? It seems vaguely I... familiar. Well, uh, about six months ago is when they started taking... He- oh, pardon. Started taking oral hearings, so mm. maybe just a little before that. Uh, oral arguments, rather. Uh, six months after hearing oral, oral arguments in a constitutional challenge to Tennessee's two-year residency requirement for retaining uh, for obtaining a retail liquor license, the United States Supreme Court yesterday struck down the controver- uh, a controversial stipulation that had prevented out-of-state retailers from setting up shop in the volunteer state. It had to volunteer more money to get more liquor licenses. <laughs> Uh, Supreme Court, considering the scope of the 21st Amendment, which repealed Prohibition in uh, December 1933, it's a happy day, uh, gave states the authority to institute uh, alcohol regulations affirmed by a 7-2 vote, uh, a, sorry, they affirmed a 7-2 vote, uh, by a 7-2 vote, a lower court's decision on, uh, on February 2018. So, Yeah. Give a little bit of background. Uh, the chain alcohol retailer Total Wine uh, coming into your neighborhood and lowering your liquor prices so they can close everyone else out of business. Yeah, pretty Sorry, much. They're doing that here, so I, I get salty about it. Oh, where's the Total Wine in Lexington? Uh, out in uh, historic Shady Pot Town. Uh, gotcha. Uh, the, 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 the fancy neighborhood by the mall that no one wants to move to because it's too expensive. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, Anyway, they uh, Total Wine, along with Doug and Mary Ketchum, uh, mother and father of Ash, bought a mom-and-pop liquor store. uh, uh, Total Wine bought their mom-and-pop liquor store in 2016 after moving to uh, Memphis from Utah and was challenged uh, the... Challenged the two-year residency requirement, which said they uh, amounted to economic protectionism. So, I'm assuming... Doug and Mary Ketchum went there to open a Total Wine franchise location. Yeah, and needed to live there for two years in order to do it, and they they called shenanigans. Mm. Beyond the two year 
uh, residency requirement, Tennessee had mandated a decade of uh, residency for the renewal of liquor licenses, which expires after one year. So, if you move there, live there for two years, you can get your liquor license. When it expires, you can't renew it for seven years. <laughs> well, they... they uh, yeah, I guess. <clears throat> sort of. Uh, the state also said uh, all of the corporation's stockholders must reside in the state, meaning publicly traded corporations could not operate liquor stores in Tennessee. This uh, this That's is ridiculous. not exactly the same, but it's the same kind of ridiculousness as to why there are no uh, national banks in Tennessee. Huh. Oh, God. Because Tennessee banking laws are weird. I didn't know that. Uh, yeah, no. A lot of places just avoid it like the plague. And so you'll find a lot of banks in Tennessee that only exist in Tennessee because they're the only ones willing to put up with that nonsense. Weird. Because there is money in Tennessee, and someone wants mm -hmm. it. Someone wants Dolly's money. <laughs> well, the U.S. Uh, Sixth, uh, Sixth Circuit Court of Appeals uh, sided with Total Wine and the Ketchums. I just love saying that, by the way. The Ketchums. Like, the Ketchums. I'm like, yes, tell me you named your child Ash. <laughs> you sent him out when he was 10 years old to see the world and have vicious animal fights. This got weird. Um, Look, I'm not saying you might as well be an NFL player. <laughs> but I guess they start him young. Well. Anyway, uh, they, they were ruling that the residency requirement violated the Constitution of the 21st Amendment Dormant uh, Commerce Clause, which is established to prevent states from engaging in economic protectionism. Uh, the Tennessee Wine and Spirit, uh, the case, which is the Tennessee and Wine and Spirit Retailer Association uh, v. Thomas, they heard the case in, the, uh, in 2018, uh, the Circuit Appeals, Court of Appeals did, then the High Court did in January. Both of them said, shut up. This law is dumb. Uh, the majority opinion came from uh, Supreme Court Justice Samuel Alito, uh, who deemed Tennessee's two-year residency ban uh, for retail license applicants unconstitutional because it blatantly favors states and residents and has little relationship to public health and safety. The provision uh, expressly discriminates against non-residents, and it has a highly attenuated relationship to, to public health and safety. Uh, they also picked apart that the Tennessee Wine and Spirits Retailers Association arguments the 21st Amendment justified the two-year residency requirement. Uh, the trade group had argued uh, that its residency requirement promoted responsible consumption and allowed it to better vet licensed applicants and promote public health and safety. No. That makes no sense. No, no it doesn't. <laughs> so, I think what we're all learning here is that Tennessee out of its freaking mind uh, a little bit a little bit a little bit explains why there aren't a whole lot of breweries down in Tennessee there's a couple yeah but you don't hear of any really at all hardly I mean like that's, bearded iris that's but mm -hmm. it, name five like you know you got me yeah I, look I have trouble naming five that aren't nationally distributed so because my memory is getting worse as I get older and drink more. Mm. Uh, those feels. <laughs> yeah, the court the court added that the ten year residency requirement for the license renewals and the provision blocking publicly traded corporations from operating liquor liquor stores in the state are so plainly based on 
unalloyed protectionism that neither the association nor the state is willing to come to their defense. Wow. <laughs> they just went, no, this is full of crap, and you all know it. And they just Shut said, up. yeah, we know it. Yeah. You caught us. We know. <laughs> uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg yanks off their mask, and they go, we would have gotten away with it, too, if it weren't for you pesky Supreme Court judges. Not all uh, the justices were again it. That's true. Some two of them, of them were two of them were two of them wanted to go the other way. Uh, Justices Neil Gorsuch and Clarence Thomas, uh, in their opinion, uh, Gorsuch wrote today and for the first time the court claims to have discovered a duty and pow- uh, discovered a duty and power to strike down laws like these uh, as unconstitutional. Respectfully, I do not see it. It's not why he was put on the Supreme Court. He was put on there to to say no to things that the president doesn't want to have happen. Anyway, mm-hmm. Clarence Thomas just doesn't want to talk. Anyway, it, it's interesting, though, that this, you know, that, that Tennessee has such weird liquor laws. Yeah, um, we thought Utah had weird ones. Tennessee's got some weird ones. I was just about to say that. Yeah. It's like, okay, our episode, our main episode is going to be on Uinta. This sounds like, this makes Utah seem super normal. Well... <laughs> See, to a degree, I don't know. <laughs> the, the, well, that feels a bit like apples and oranges because Utah's law is all about actual consumption. You cannot, you know, the they you cannot produce beer above this limit, so people can't get riggedy wrecked off of it. This is all about just making sure a business can't operate, yeah, in their state that they don't want, and unless that's that seems sh- shittier. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, I, I mean, both feel wrong, but yes, still. Anyway, uh, that... You know what else feels wrong? AB and, and Bev, Bev buying something? Yeah. Literally after, always. <laughs> after they said they weren't going to do this anymore. Well, what what brewery did they buy, Chris? <laughs> they didn't buy a brewery. Uh, Anheuser-Busch InBev is pushing deeper into non-beer offerings. Ooh, today announcing that its innovation and growth unit, ZX Ventures, has acquired the remaining stake in Swish beverages that it did not already own. (laughs) Ah, ZX Ventures, our old friend. Ah, yes, back to purchase uh, something else besides rate beer. Also, Swish beverages is a terrible name. Absolutely awful, and you'll find out why. Uh, shortly terms of the purchase were not disclosed but marina Hahn, vice president of new business at zx ventures said the transaction would close immediately uh, <laughs> the relationship between swish beverages which was launched by internet celebrity josh the fat jew ostrovsky <laughs> and partners david oliver and tanner cohen in 2016 began last year when ZX made a minority investment in the company. Josh, the fat Jew, Ostrinsky? He's an Instagram guy or something. I had never heard of him. I'm addicted to Instagram, and I've never heard of this person. Although that doesn't mean anything, I guess. I never heard of him until I watched uh, whatever the documentary on Netflix was about influencers and all that. And then they brought him up, and I'm like, yeah, he looks really annoying. (laughs) And apparently, I was right. Uh, okay, but yeah, I don't have Instagram, so the odds of me knowing who this person is is zero. I have an Instagram. It's nothing but pictures of beer. 
I don't not, think that's true. They're not particularly good ones. Well, there's an occasional picture of our son, you know. Oh, oh, of your all's Instagram. Okay. Online. I thought you meant Instagram in general was just pictures of beer, and I went, I feel like that's not true. But it could be true. If it's all you follow? <laughs> if that's all you follow, then you know what? That's your life. Uh, by the way, can I talk about this picture for their, their, their product, Babe, that they have on here? Oh, yeah. That, terrible it that is. ad looks terrible. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's just awful. I don't... I hate everything about it, the brand. Say like, are we shocked? Like, I don't. Well, um... it, it makes it's like here's a woman in her underwear and running shoes for some reason next to these cans of wine. Well, let's go over right. uh, some I mean, more obviously misogynistic things about this brand. Swish, which makes popular line of Babe canned wines as <sighs> well as bottled. Uh, white girl rosé. <laughs> Family time is hard. Pinot Grigio. Okay, that name's almost okay. They mm. sell those products in 27 states and online. Uh, four packs of Babe product line uh, sell for suggested retail price between 11.99 and 13.99. And the whole time I was going, <laughs> sorry, is- I'm just picturing Bob Barker now going suggested retail <laughs> price. <laughs> We just need to have like <laughs> prices right sound clips. Okay. Uh, okay. To date, the company's brands have been have benefited from Ostrovsky's social media reach and his somewhat unconventional approach to self promotion. Uh, he's been called the king of the internet. Yet I had never heard of him until Netflix said I should know who he is, and I told netflix no and turned the documentary off see i okay again i love instagram addicted to it because it's just pictures it makes me happy but if you were famous for being on instagram you're not king of the internet like it should be like i don't know you should be about reddit or youtube or again, twitch or i don't know al- there's already a king of the internet it's leo laporte <laughs> this was Is settled it? this was settled years ago when Wasn't, leo i thought he was mayor Oh, is he mayor of the internet? And for that matter, it, shouldn't he be dethroned since he's an asshole? Uh, look, his personality, <laughs> personality can't be impugned as we don't know him personally. Yeah. Because mm. <laughs> he does sure. not have the Chevy Chase rule. Mm. Yet. Well, speaking to Brewbound, Ostrowski attributes much of his company's success to its knack for reaching millennial customers and speaking their language. Clearly. <sighs> We have an unprecedented connection with our customers, he said. We have a focus group that we talk to on a daily basis. We listen to our customers because we're talking to them every single day. Bob is trying so Uh, hard not to flip his desk over. uh, This story goes on for a lot longer. It it doesn't need to. Like <laughs> you know what you need to know. ABM Bev. <laughs> While uh, they are done buying out craft beer brands, they are buying out uh, everything in adjacent categories that might be the next booming category. Well, according to Nielsen, sales of canned wine grew seventy-seven point five percent in a one in a fifty-two week period. 
ending in April 20th. So that is some substantial growth. I understand wanting to buy them, but really, it, yes, these guys. But also, I'm just like, why? Like, <laughs> I just, I guess, I don't understand candle because lines. Still. They're positioned for the sparkling segment. They are not positioned for canned wine. Whereas wine is not something they're, you know, dabbling in at the moment. They can scoop up this little brand and it inserts them right there. No, no, that makes sense. I'm just, I don't understand can wine still. <laughs> oh no, neither do I. I like, can can <laughs> wine? Because to me, I mean, wouldn't you get like a weird metallic taste in your wine? No, it's keep like you don't it get a metallic, from me. Do you get a metallic taste in your beer? No. Hmm. I just, I can't slap a can like I can slap a bag. I just, it's... I mean, you can. Well, you can shotgun the It's not going to be great. Oh, my God. Ooh. And then get super sick. I'm just picturing shotgunning wine now. It's like, oh, God, I'm coughing just drawing it. And you're just covered in purple. All right, well, here's Give me that canned champagne. Here's something completely different. Yes, <laughs> most of mine, I've realized, the segue is always like, anyway, here's not that. Uh, okay, so speaking of not wine at all, um, Heaven Hill, a very popular American whiskey company, is uh, they've, they've always had, um, there's always been bargains uh, to be had from their various whiskeys, such as Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond, uh, the bourbon that was priced for under $20 before it was discontinued last year. Uh, we actually have a story on a, that. such an amazing treasure. Yeah. Uh, well, it's now set to return. Um, slightly older oh. and a bit more costly. Oh. Yeah. Uh, the new Heaven Hill 7-year Bottled and Bond Kentucky straight bourbon whiskey, according to those behind it, traces its brand origins back to 1939, when upon release, it reportedly, quote, quickly became the number one selling bourbon whiskey in the state of Kentucky. For Heaven Hill, bottled in bonds are ingrained in their bourbon portfolio. One of its founding brands was a bottled in bond, and they've also acquired many bottled in bond labels over the years, resulting in producing the most bottled in bond whiskeys of any distillery today. Yeah. How many times can we say this, do you think? Um, <laughs> I, I don't know, but bottled in bond, you would think, oh, can that make it? Yes, it can make a difference. Very yeah, it much does. can. Uh, so made from the distillery's traditional bourbon mash bill, mingled in small batches and bottled at 100 proof, the seven-year... <clears throat> The seven-year-old offering uh, of the namesake brand exceeds the minimum four-year aging requirement for a bottled and bond. Minimum. Important note. Uh, The distilled spirit plant... uh, The distilled... Sorry. Distilled spirits plant. uh, Number of the Bernheim Distillery in Louisville, Kentucky. And that of the Heaven Hill Headquarters and Bottling House in Bardstown are featured prominently on the face of the label. Which is a nice label, I have to say. I do like the new design. Yeah, it like looks it, nice. It looks way nicer than the original because we still we have the original sitting over there, and it's kind of just. It no, looks we've like, got the green label, which you uh-oh. can't get outside. It's ugly. You can't get it outside the state of Kentucky. I just I didn't know that until reading some bourbon lists oh. recently. They're like, oh yeah, like Heaven Hill makes a six-year-aged bourbon that you can only get inside the state of Kentucky, and they're like, yeah, it's only like fourteen ninety-nine a bottle, and they're like, it's actually pretty good but you they don't sell it outside kentucky no one realized that Um, yeah all right well heaven hill distillery was built on patience and perseverance two values we continue to pour into our products today said the distillery president max l shapira 
in a prepared statement. At a time when American whiskey is surging, we are proud to release a namesake product that really brings us back to our company's founding. It celebrates our rich bourbon-making heritage, as well as the values and standards we hold today as a point of passion for our company. As it stands now, plans call for this bourbon to initially launch in October in California, Texas, New York, Georgia, Florida, Illinois, South Carolina, and Colorado. Not even oh. going to be in Kentucky for Weird. its launch. Yeah. Uh, the price point is around $40 per 750ml bottle. For longtime <sighs> fans of this particular bottled and bond offering, this will likely come as severe sticker shock, given you could previously get the now discontinued one for around $15. And that's why the bottle looks different. Yeah. So they added... <laughs> it, all, it all got spent in, in uh, uh, graphic design. They added one year onto the age statement and more than doubled the price. They, and they changed the label. That, that's, that is, all, that's all this, they've done. That is the this, highest level of horse crap. This <laughs> yeah. this reeks of Chivas Regal. Oh, yeah. yeah. Chivas, Chivas yeah. Regal, for those of you who don't know... Changed the label. Was... Was a was a well scotch. It was it was like cheap as you could find. Then they went to a marketing company, didn't change their recipe at all, and just changed it over till it's a like they just put a new label on there, sold the exact same product for like twice the price. That's so annoying. And people ate it up. And to this day, you consider Chivas Regal a, a you know one of the the, the higher shelf offerings on there at least it's not you know bottom of the rung that's crap so um, yeah um if you're not a member of our discord uh, there was <laughs> some wind of this story earlier in the week and some uh some some hot words being delivered uh because we do uh, we do love heaven hill a lot of their products because they do a bunch of the evan well they do all of evan williams mm-hmm. so uh they still produce evan williams bottled and bond for Which is good uh, sub $20 and that one's amazing back on the, we did the whole episode on Heaven Hill that you can check out but we did a tasting of the Evan Williams bottled and bond uh, I suggest getting a bottle of that over getting this yeah. Heaven Hill bottled and bond because it's uh, you know half the price I finished off my last bottle of uh, Heaven Hill a little while back and now yeah, that was sad because I was like now there is no more it's and gone. there won't be the anymore because K- it's not worth it. The, <laughs> the Kentucky, the Kentuckians' children has no bourbon. The cobbler's children have no shoes. We're, we're well, who cares about shoes when you can have bourbon? They say we're Kentuckians. We don't have shoes anyway. We have bourbon. Jeez, let's, let's not. Bourbon keep, <laughs> the bourbon will keep your feet warm. It has nothing to do with poverty and everything to be with. You know, you're so drunk you forgot where you put your shoes. Mm-hmm. Right, right. That, and if you take your shoes off before you party. I mean, no foul. <laughs> no one's going to catch uh, a drunk passed out with them on. Well, uh, since since it sounds like we're not going to be bu- buying this, because it's cost too much, except about other things we're probably not going to buy. Uh, we're probably not going to buy any canned Aquafina. Not even me. Uh, for starters, because Aquafina tastes gross. Yes. Uh, Pepsi Company is planning to replace its plastic bottles of Aquafina with aluminum cans at locations around the U.S. Do what like if, the, what if getting rid what of what if plastic. this change will make the the Aquafina taste better? No, I doubt it. Uh, the move Sorry. is part of a broader initiative for the company to reduce its plastic use as a consumer backlash against plastic use 
grows across the country. Microplastics found in both air and water block up the guts of animals and insects and can potentially have incredibly harmful consequences on ocean ecosystems. The uh, oceans are already <laughs> dead. You just have to accept that. Yeah, we were talking pre show. They're, they're already dead. Like it, I don't know. We've, no... We're monsters. Well, yeah. <laughs> that ship has sailed. Uh, the move could be <laughs> calamitous for startups like Liquid Death, the direct-to-consumer retail startup, pitching canned tall boys of water with a metal message and a veneer of environmental responsibility. Didn't our friend uh, Matt have some of these? He was trying in the... They were showing, showing that in the Discord, or am yes. I thinking of something else entirely? I, I think that was it. It may have been it. It feels right. feels right. Uh, Aluminum. I is, like the I, I like the idea though of of going in a, a greener direction though. Yeah, and for a company like Pepsi to be swinging that way, it's you know it, they they can actually put a dent in this. Aluminum yeah. is nearly 100% recyclable and has better overall environmental footprint as a packaging material than mm. plastic, according to some advocates. Uh, talking, saying, you know, realizing Pepsi owns them, they're only talking about doing this with the water, not mm-hmm. the sodas. Mm. Which are they already come in cans? Well, they cut. You can get them not in only cans, cans, but yeah. it's not moving it to only cans. Which but, I feel like they should. I mean, everybody knows that a soda tastes better out of a can. You can't reseal it. Meh. Then that's they why, can that's make why the that. cans aren't. That's why the cans aren't that you know aren't two liters. Yeah. Mm. God, could you imagine a two liter can? Oh my god! <laughs> it's basically a bomb. You have to. <laughs> you have to invent a whole new like ceiling can opening bit on the top then like it's just basically a crowler that's well actually I'll, I'll shotgun that for a dollar monster beat everyone to this they have resealable cans oh yeah yeah, yeah who owns monster pepsi no say idea. like because <laughs> if that if that's true then get it together pepsi well for now pepsi's canned water will only be available at food vendors who stock its products but the company is considering a broader transition to aluminum cans across its supply chain. The company also announced uh, that its LifeWater brand will only be sold in 100% recycled polyethylene tariff. The polyethylene. I don't know what the next one is. Some other horrible chemical. <laughs> and its Buble product will no longer be packaged in plastic. Huh. So there you go. Yeah, there are, there are some of the uh, bubbly bottles buble buble you know i haven't seen the commercial with him lately like i've seen wait they actually did commercials with yes yeah yeah because they're i was like good job you're (laughs) you're on it leaning into it Uh, and also uh, monster beverage corporation oh they have their own company yeah i would i would have thought they were owned by one of the two companies that own all the liquids yeah basically you would think that but you would also think you'd realize that uh, Michael Bublé has to do something in the non-Christmas months. <laughs> no one, no one buys his music outside of Christmas. Let's just—that's not true. It's pretty true. <laughs> it's. I mean, don't feel bad, Michael Bublé. I don't even buy your stuff at Christmas. The changes, uh, which the company said will go into effect next year, will eliminate eight thousand metric tons of virgin plastic and roughly 11,000 metric tons of greenhouse gas emissions. Wow. That's that's a plus. Yeah, good job. Go I mean, for it, uh, Pepsi. Just 
do it for all the things and make this a bigger a bigger you know hit. Well, you know, you got to see how this rollout starts, and you know, you got to test the waters first before you try to change the entire line because that's a it's a multi billion dollar endeavor to yeah. yeah gotta be. Well, Pepsi set the lofty goal of using nothing but recyclable, compostable, or biodegradable packaging by twenty twenty five. Nice. I mean, the packaging is a big part of it. Like, it's one thing to do. I still am wondering about the two liter thing. Like, yeah, they probably couldn't do that as easily, but I'm pretty sure they have, like, random tall boy style cans of it's just Pepsi crawlers. and stuff. That's what they, it's just crawlers, but it's got to be resealable. Be- yeah. Beer shows the way. Wait for the resealable crawler. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's that's all I have to do. <laughs> all right, well, uh, again, S- I... Speaking of, <laughs> speaking of, of uh, vessels that we hold liquids in... Right, go. yes. Uh, the first internet whiskey cask auction is about to launch. I'm just... Okay. Uh, it's not the hardest thing in the world to get a hold of a cask full of whiskey, though it might require a little digging. Distilleries, and a lot of money. Yeah. Uh, distilleries, especially new ones, sometimes have cask programs in place. A cask might come up in an auction site. A cask reseller may also have something available. However... It's never been the case uh, that an entire Dude. online auction is dedicated to selling a variety of Scotch whiskey casks. I mean, that's my kind of online auction. Yeah. Um, well, that's all about to change because starting Thursday, June twenty seventh, which just so. happened, uh, Rare Whiskey and Cask Reseller Cask eighty eight is launching its global online Scotch whiskey cask auction platform, featuring the first ever online whiskey cask auction. Mm. Oh, it's dangerous. Um, some of the casks available from uh, the Maritime Malts Cask Auction includes peated Isla Malts, such as 23-year-old Lafroig and 12-year-old Kilcoman? That's not correct. Um, a first fill sherry cask from Orkney, uh, which means Scapa or more likely Highland Park, and a first fill six-year-old bourbon cask from Altmore, amongst others. Uh, so, how much do you think that Altmore cast costs? I'm oh. scared. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that's what is it? I'm gonna say bananas. in the uh, tens of thousands. So it is uh, almost twenty eight hundred dollars for oh. just that one. Jeez. I have to convert from pounds, so it's taking a second. Mm. But so. Care to guess how much the Lafroig is? <laughs> uh, painful? Like a kidney we're talking about? <laughs> well, it's 25,000 pounds, or a bit. $31,737.55. And you know what the crazy thing is? Someone's going to buy it. Well, yeah, if I'm like some kind of chic son or yeah. whatever. Or if you're a business and this is a thing that you could theoretically... Mm. If you want to buy this whole cask and then bottle it and sell it. Yeah. Well, uh, Cask88 director Patrick Costello sees the new platform as an extension of the work his company has already been doing with casks. Quote, online cask auctions are a natural next step for Cask88. We've been in the whiskey cask market for many years and have seen demand for whis- for cask whiskey grow enormously during that time. 
Clients buy for various reasons, including bespoke bottling, special gifts, or as an alternative investment. The auction market for whiskey bottles has multiplied in size in recent years, and we see an emerging marketplace for whiskey casks following suit. Mm, yes, yes. I'd like to invest in whiskey futures. I know. <laughs> oh, you have to buy like some sort of stock? No, no, no. Just buy me a whole cask. Just, just a cask. So am I thinking about this wrong that uh, they're saying cask instead of barrel? I That's what I'm picturing in my head. Because when I think cask, that means doesn't that mean these are like not random but off you know amounts in uh, in the vessel well, well there's cask finished and that I, I, i'm just i'm getting stuck on the uh the terminology the, the nomenclature yeah. and terminology yeah they, they it says they're selling selling casks uh it's a barrel it is a barrel cask selection yeah uh, it varies, right? So they may not necessarily be uniform. So there's some. Also... <laughs> All casks in store are stored and managed by Cask 88, maturing safely at the original distillery or at a bonded warehouse in Scotland. Originally scheduled in- inspections provide confidence in the integrity of your investment. When the time comes to bottle or sell your cask, our logistics our logistics team is on its way to your side to handle all the aspects of transportation and title so, transfer. Um, these are not all. Also, these are not guaranteed to be good whiskeys. Yeah, true. Uh, that is a thing. So the way they are acquiring these, because the I mean, usually when distilleries are parting with full casks or barrels of their product is usually because they don't have a use for what that barrel turned out to be, or it did not meet their expectations. Hmm. And, it's you know, at that point, you don't just tip the barrel over and dump it out. Other companies will buy them, like uh, Johnny Walker or Compass Box or all these other, you know, people who will buy these barrels and then blend them. Mm-hmm. So, you, I don't, I don't, this auction, they could be acquiring turd barrels. And right. turning around and selling them to you for thousands of dollars. Well, I mean, and so the the price isn't even the worst part of the, like the price of the actual cask itself, because it mentions the price of casks from the auction doesn't include an additional ten percent commission on the hammer price. Mm. With the purchase of an auction cask, the buyer receives two years of complimentary storage, which then costs fifty pounds per year. After that, including insurance, uh, procuring oh. samples from Cask 88 to actually try the contents of the cask also involves an extra charge, which can vary between 50 to 100 pounds. Hmm. So, wow. <laughs> so, well, not only do you have to have a bit of money, but you got to be like, again, this is a thing. <laughs> as they're ringing up, how do you get, like, they don't deliver to your cask to you for free. No. Uh, it sounds Not like they don't even deliver it. Like, if you want it, you're just going to have to go there and get it yourself. And then arrange uh, for having a large quantity of whiskey brought over international lines, which I promise you is not easy. Uh, it's de- don't worry, it's delivery. You'll get your cask in 30 minutes or less. <laughs> oh, that'd be funny. Yeah, so that's that's a bit crazy, quite frankly. Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of crazy... Uh, liquid storage devices speaking of things i wish existed <laughs> in my childhood like there is a beer serving fire truck here 
and it's here for you. Mm. Ah, there's a new fire truck for those in a thirsty crisis, but this red vehicle won't be putting out any fires. Instead, it serves beer. It's the... Uh, instead of the Taco Bell Katina that sells beer, this is the <laughs> fire truck that... The fire truck that sells beer. I don't know. There needs to be another word in there. I don't know how we can get it, but we're... What about the... Um, the big oh, red fire truck that serves beer? Yeah, there you go. Uh, we yeah. need to, at some point, to talk about the uh, Taco Bell Hotel. That opened. Does it sell beer? It does. They They're also selling Taco Bell-themed uh, cocktails. But apparently they're opening 4A or whatever. Like, the, the hotel booked up in uh, two hours. Jeez. Wow. Well, uh, anyway, this one sells beer. Kevin Mullen of Toledo, Kansas, transformed the truck into a mobile bar of sorts when he couldn't find anything else like it. Uh, there was not not a rentable beer truck in town, Kevin Mullen told the Toledo Blade, but there is now. Oh, and by the way, it happens to be a fire truck. How many places have a rentable beer truck? Mm-hmm. Well, besides Toledo. I mean, they do now. Uh, Mullen converted the water tank into a cooler that holds 10 kegs, added cabinets and equipment, and designed a logo for the side of the truck. Ladder, 419. It's a little misleading. Uh, (laughs) To what? It's a little misleading, though, I feel like. Mm. Uh, When he came up up with the idea to serve beer from a fire truck, he scoured the internet to find a perfect vehicle. After missing a few opportunities on online auctions... Okay, so there's online auctions where we can buy fire trucks, guys. Well, yeah, you Uh, can get them from, uh, uh, like, uh, city auctions. Like, they'll auction mm -hmm. off their old equipment. That's crazy. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, He found Ladder 49 on on Facebook Marketplace in March. The truck sure. was previously used by a farmer to water his crops in Michigan, but the farmer put it up uh, put it up for sale when he realized the vehicle was too heavy. That's right, it's too 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 powerful for his crops. Just a little bit of water for this corn here. Just pull the hose back and <laughs> oh god, no! Oh the cornanity! Wow. Uh, so this is a problem. Uh, the the real problem here, not the uh, fantasized funny one. Uh, the real problem of the truck is too heavy to drive right. it off road, because yeah. guess what? I, this is, I don't know. This is something from work that's coming into me. When you come across big trucks like that, they're heavy. They can't pull off the road. Mm. The shoulder will give way under them. Same yeah. for garbage trucks. So when you meet a garbage truck on a very narrow road, you have to get over. He can't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. These were lessons I learned as a child on a one-lane road trying to get in and out when it was garbage day. Yeah. Well, for a $450 fee, Mullen rents the truck out for private parties and supports local craft breweries by giving them space to serve their beer at public events. Sounds oh, like a bargain. Uh, yeah, that is a bargain. I would I would totally pay. Wait, does that include the beer consumed? Uh, hmm. I mean... You may have to. Uh, you you probably can rent the the vehicle for him, and then you're going to have to find a way to get beer into it. Is my guess. Hmm. Tricky. Might be out on that. That's where they get you. <laughs> <laughs> Always a hidden cost somewhere. <laughs> That's it. If you're having a big party, I'm sure you could find a way to work out a deal with like local craft breweries to 
yeah. to yeah. stock it up because who wouldn't want to have a party where there's a fire truck that dispenses beer? Hell right? Yes. That's next drinktacular Toledo. <laughs> drinktacular Toledo just for the fire trucks. But you'd have to also clarify there's a Toledo, Kansas. <laughs> there is. It's messed up. There is. Yeah. Can we just have original names for a second? Okay. Then Kentucky uh, doesn't we'll, exist. we'll meet in Springfield. <laughs> yeah. I'm not yeah. mentioning the state. I Good know. luck. Yeah. You're not wrong. <laughs> or we'll meet in Pike County. Good luck. There's a Pike <laughs> County in every state. Apparently. We're going to go to Main Street on in Springfield. <laughs> Good luck. <sighs> well, <laughs> we'd like to remind everyone that this is our news-only show. But... We also do a weekly long-form show discussing the science and history around what you drink. If you like what you hear and you want to support Have a Drink, please go to patreon.com slash haveadrinkshow. We will see you again next weekend for the next live show. Once again, I'm Brittany Lee Walker. I'm Justin Frazier. And I'm Christopher Walker. We'll see you guys next time. Bye. Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this broker. <laughs>